you want people to read it. And so the key to people reading it is to keep it light and keep it up to date. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan, a digital marketing implementer. I've been freelancing since 2009 when I took on my first client who actually needed help with a little bit of public relations, which is what I was doing in my full-time job, and some Facebook marketing. And from there, I've grown this six-figure business, and I started teaching my friends, especially over-educated, underemployed military spouse and stay-at-home mom friends, how to do this work. It's not rocket science, but... This online business world is exploding and there's so many job opportunities right now. And some of us need to get dusted off and spun up fast in the ways of digital marketing. You have to have the hard skills to be competitive these days. It's not what it was back in 2009. And I'm your OG and you found this podcast. If you're new to me, thank you for joining me. Go ahead and hit subscribe. And I would love to hear from you over on Instagram. What topics would you like to hear more about? Somebody was just DMing me the other day. They wanted to know more about Zapier or Zapier, however you say it. I'm like, hmm, that's actually a training over in my digital marketing work group where we do advanced trainings and I share all my job leads. But I'm trying to figure out how I can talk about integrations on a podcast. I promise I will try to do my best to figure that out. But I love to hear your input like that. Today we're in for a special treat. I had Annika Roberts over in my free Facebook group recently. And if you're not a member, go join over there because I do Facebook Lives, share trainings, lots of good stuff. Sometimes job opportunities are posted there. And you can find the link to join in the show notes. Now I had her on a live and then I'm the queen of repurposing. It becomes a podcast. It becomes a shorter YouTube video. But this one was a good one. It's not something I teach. However, it's very critical to how my unicorn digital marketing assistants do their work. And it can really set you up for success with clients, how you pass off the baton when it's time to up level or leave a client. And I just think SOPs are super important because when we're new and we don't know how to do things, a standard operating procedure can give us insight to how the client has been doing it all along. And then we can kind of come in make it more efficient, make it better, bring our knowledge to the table, what we know that we've learned and invested in other courses and through other work experiences. So SOPs are very important. And even if you're creative, you need them. And our clients, that should be something you ask when you're in a discovery call. What is the status of those? Do they have them? Uh, Do they need help making them? If you are left brain, you're analytical, linear, organized, and orderly, then you would be really good doing this type of service for your business owners, just like Annika is doing. She has a background in systems, but she has a really fun story about how she carved out her unique place in this world, which I love in this online world, using her talents. And she definitely has that left brain and that natural tendency to find efficiency and workflows. And I'm really excited you get to meet her because she also does hiring. It's really important that you build your network. It is so hard when you're new and you're starting a new business and nobody knows who you are. 
been there, done that. I'm used to that. I'm a military kid. I've been a military wife. I'm always starting new and no one knows who I am. And that's why I've created my digital marketing work group to help freelancers like you get a head start, get the client leads and become a known and build a network. And we also have these podcast guests on that can help you build your network as well. So I encourage you to follow her. She's more active on Facebook and connect with her. And you might have a client who needs her help. And I encourage you to book a call too, because some things our clients just need to hire the pros. So without further ado, let's jump into this Facebook Live with Annika Roberts, all about creating and writing an SOP that your teammates will actually see, actually use, and will be the most useful for your clients. Hey, Annika, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on the show today and help us get organized. Tell everyone hello and where you're from. Hi, um, my name is Annika Roberts and I live in Richmond, Kentucky, a small college town that's right south of um, Lexington. So really Lexington, Kentucky. Oh my gosh, we're both in Richmond, which is kind of fun, just different states. Different states. So. <laughs> Where did we meet? Remember, it was that was it impacting millions or was it? I think it was in the podcast group. You're right. We're both members of a podcast Facebook group and a, like virtual mixer. And I knew when I met you, I was like, I need to bring you in my life because I love the way you have found your niche using your raw talents and creating services that really help business owners that like you have these nice containers of helping them get organized with their system. So very opposite of me <laughs> and a lot of our creative <laughs> clients, but yet a lot of my own students in the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School have that analytical organized brain and really mm -hmm. want to know more about what you do. Plus we have to be able to help our clients with this, whether, you know, we're good at it or not. Right. So tell everyone a little bit about how you started your business and what you were doing before all of this. Well, um, I have a 20 year career as a systems analyst and project manager with anything from, I think I had, I was in a boutique consulting company to government or to large companies like IBM working and Campbell's and Coca-Cola. So I started my career as a programmer and then became a data analyst and went into um, project management there. And I've managed projects that are like multi-million dollar projects. So one, one of the projects that I managed, we generated $20 million in the first year that we were working, just to give you an idea of the scale of the projects that we were working on. So there was that career track. And then at the same time, I had a career track in the online space. So my ex-husband and I started a plus size lingerie store called Ample Pleasure way, way back in like 2002. And so at the time that we started, the online world was kind of new. We were renegades out there. SEO was now becoming a thing. Google was getting on the map. I think in 2004, WordPress came on the scene and content marketing started becoming a a thing and so we were growing our plus size laundry store with content marketing at the time and then we divorced and so he kept the company and i went along my way and a few years later i became a life coach in like 2012 to 2017 i was doing life coaching and while i was life coaching what i realized was that a lot of the life coaches were great great excellent coaches at helping people with their transformations and helping people achieve what they wanted in their lives. But the business aspect of it and making it repeatable 
was an issue. And they kept asking me like, oh, what are you doing? What systems are you, what tools are you using? And so this iteration of business, I decided to merge those two things, my knowledge in the online space and my background in systems and data analysis. And so now I help coaches and creatives who are established in their businesses. I help them to hire based on systems and I help them to understand how their whole process flow and how their systems are moving, what can be improved, what can change and that sort of stuff. <laughs> Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. You know, that's like the epitome of being a unicorn, like finding that thing you're good at and you love you're combining it with like your past education and career and then adding an online marketing and online business. And like, you've just carved out such a good space for you. And I'm really excited to have you in my network because you do hire and you've posted jobs within my group. So thank you. Cause I've got the hiring pool. Um, but I love it. So what does your business look like now? Are you doing like retainer? Are you doing VIP days or how does that work? I'm doing a mix of things. Currently, I have retainer clients who are, I call them management services clients. They're looking for somebody to be at the crossroads of their strategy and of their execution. And so I help them plan and prioritize their projects. And then I lead their team so that their projects can come to life. So one of my clients right now, she's a musician and she she's a singer songwriter and guitarist. She sits on the board of a couple of organizations. And so she has some projects going on with that. She's a coach as well for very high end elite. I mean, like her coaching packages are like six figures. And so I'm helping her to focus on her music career. So all of the other activities that she's involved with, her team takes care of all of her social media, everything else. And so I'm leading the team so that we can give her the space, give her the capacity to grow her music career and also keep all of her other projects going and keep her connected to community. So that's what my management services looks like. It's very high-end, um, very tailored. And the post that you saw was to hire somebody for her team. So I, okay. I do the work to help hire those teams. Then I do, um, I have a VIP day offer as well. Uh, just to, to give you guys an idea of the smorgasbord of ways that you can serve your clients too. So. For my VIP day, what I do is I help people to understand their process flow, their, their client journey from first touch to testimonial. And when they can lay that all out, what shows up, what starts bubbling to the surface is like places that maybe they haven't thought of that they've missed or places where they just, things aren't really working. So they need to get rid of that stuff, places where they can automate. And then when they're done with that, they can see clearly how they can hire what they need people to actually do in their business so that they you know like they fix their marketing problems they fix their sales problems they fix their delivery issues and now they're looking at okay now what do i want the people in my on my team to do what do i need to hire a team to do and actually that i do it as a vip day right now and i'll be doing it as a group program in the fall so that's coming as Good well so I've, the group's coming and I started off with VIP days and my management services. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. I love it. You have like the trifecta. That's so cool to see it in the works. Like, okay. Yeah. Talk to me about SOPs and why we need them. I know you have the bird's eye view, but some of my people in my community are new to all of this. So what is it? Why do we need it? SOPs are extremely important for a few reasons, mostly because you want to transfer knowledge from one person to the next. So. The client I just talked about, we just released her assistant. 
we have a new system coming on board. We created SOPs for the processes our system was responsible for. So to make it easier for the next person to come on board. So that's one thing. The second thing is if you ever want to take a vacation or your client wants to take a vacation <laughs> or, you know, like anybody wants to be gone for like a couple, you know, like a week, a couple of weeks, you kind of need some baseline SOPs for the people who are there. I mean, you can talk to them, but they also have something to refer back to, to look at. We live in a time of COVID. If someone got sick and they couldn't work in the business for a few weeks, then that would also help having some SOPs in place. And the third reason also is when you want to sell your company or you want to bring in investors, I, I work with people who are like seven figure businesses, right? They want to bring someone else on board that doesn't really know, know them. I also speak with Dory Stewart who does franchising. You're going to need a bank of SOPs to be able to transfer that business in sale or in franchise or to bring on like a partner, something like that. I've never thought of it like that, but you're right because you need to have the intellectual property documented and have something to actually transfer. That makes so much sense. And a lot of us aren't thinking like that, you know, that's a like coming right. <laughs> and for that reason, so. I know some people who specialize in writing SOPs for that third one. That's a very lucrative market. So we're talking people, multi-million dollar companies and not like over eight figures, not like 10 million, but probably somewhere between like three and 10. There's a lot of space there to do SOP packages for those people. Again, for your audience and folks that are listening in, if you're a VA, you're seeing yourself as a VA now, that's a specialty that you can really dig into that will be a very lucrative specialty. Oh, thanks for that insight. Yeah, as we're doing the work, we gain that clarity, what we like, and it's nice to know which industries will like pay more <laughs> for our services and where we should go. So that's mm -hmm. awesome. Thank you for that. So tell us, yeah. you specialize like, and you have a cool freebie for us with an SOP template, but what really is it and what's, what's on it? So I typically work with companies, businesses that are moving from six to seven figures who do not need a lot of SOPs. I will be quite frank with you. They don't. What they need is to be very, very nimble, to move very, very quickly, to be able to pivot very easily and to be able to iterate very, very quickly. And so the SOPs need to be very light and non-restrictive, if you know what I'm saying. So here's an example. Here's the template that I use for SOPs. I put in the description a download for your SOP template so you guys can all grab that and be able to reference what she's talking about and continue to learn with her. So this is a template that I use. It's fairly simple. As you have larger organizations, like I'm talking over that $3 million mark, this gets a little bit more rigid and a little bit more official. But this, if you're working with a lot of businesses that's between six and seven figures, again, their SOPs need to be very, very light and not a lot of them. Uh, it starts with a trigger. You say like, what kicks this off? What puts this SOP into action? So some examples are if a course is created, a webinar is completed, the client says yes. So let's, let's choose client says yes and call this like a client onboarding SOP. The next thing is what tools do you need for this process? So a lot of times, you know, when we're in the middle of working on something, 
we realize, oh, my client uses HoneyBook for their onboarding, but also they send them a Google Calendar. And also there's a Zoom link that they need. So this tool section is everything, every tool that you need for that process, so for that onboarding process. Uh, the next section talks about file locations and it's where would you put something once it's created? So if you're downloading invoices, where would you put, or sign contracts, where would you put those signed contracts? Or if you need to upload anything, so let's say that you need to upload your success manual, where is that located? That would be in this file section. Then actions, basically the order in which you're gonna go through this process. I typically use numbers for steps and list of things are bulleted. And then the outcome, what should we have at the end of this? What are the deliverables from this process? So if we're doing client onboarding, it would be that the client is properly onboarded, the calendar is created, the success manual was mailed, and this is pretty much kind of like a checklist that you can use to make sure that everything was already done. Then in the created section, this section is about, it's like metadata, it just kind of tells you when it was created, when it was last updated. This part, the who owns it, is probably the most important part because that is the person that will be responsible for updating it or ensuring that it is updated. I think this is just so important what you covered here because I mean, I have been on teams where I can't find anything. I mean, even honestly, in my own team, sometimes it's like, where was that thing again? Like, which folder? Where, where's the final? Where's the draft? And so I like that you have that on there. I don't have that online. And I love that section at the bottom about when it was last updated and who's the owner. And I think that's really good because that will give you maybe some like insight whether it needs to be updated right or uh right. sometimes like when you're new you see these sops and you think they're you know they're rock solid you know but then you're like oh wait mm -hmm. there's actually some room to change this and make it more efficient and update it and it kind of is a little bit empowering i guess is the word you know when you're the yeah. one doing the work so i do have a question how do you organize all of these so you have like sops for a different you know, processes are happening in your business, but like, where are they all together? Is it a Google folder or are they indexed somewhere? Like, how do you do that? So it depends on the client. For myself, I have a spreadsheet outside of my SOP folder that has like a, when this happens, go to this SOP and has a link to the SOP to go to. For some clients, they don't put it on the Google Drive, but they put it in like ClickUp or whatever their team management tool is. You put it in Basecamp, in Asana, in, in ClickUp, you might see that. It just depends. It depends on your client. So what you want to keep in mind for a rule of thumb is not, you don't want to be precise or tool specific. What you want to keep in mind is that your SOPs need to be written at the level of somebody going away for like two weeks at a time. So a week going by, you can maybe delay some tasks, but if somebody's gone for two weeks, it's going to make a huge impact. So you want to make sure that at least, and then four weeks is too long because you tend to get like bogged down in details that might change with technology. So you want to keep them at the level of like about two weeks gone. Let's say this person is gone for two weeks. What would we need to have in place for us to keep the trains moving forward? So you want to keep it at that level. Okay. I never want to, like that. yeah, just to make it effective, right? So a lot of times we write SOPs and we've got tomes of them. <laughs> And no one ever reads it because it's too much. It's, it's too detailed or not detailed enough. And that's why I say like that two week gauge is kind of like, okay, 
what do we need to keep the trains running? You don't need every single need thing, but you need enough that if somebody's gone, you can continue forward. The other thing is you want to make sure like you have that spreadsheet or it's very, very clear in the organization of your playbook, what the SOPs are, like what triggers them and what the outcomes are. So in each SOP, that trigger section and that outcome section, extremely important because otherwise you won't know where to go if something happens and you won't know if you've done it right, if the outcome isn't there. So a lot of times your action steps might change, but your outcome and your triggers won't change. Okay, that you know makes what sense. What you expect to happen at the end is not gonna change, but how you do it in the middle might need to be updated. Okay. Uh, the other thing is you want to update, you want to do updates like every six months, probably if you're working with somebody that's between six and seven figures, um, more frequently for larger organizations because their SOPs are denser and heavier and more critical to their business at that point. Okay. You know, small organizations, you might have one or two people, everybody knows everything. The owner usually knows a lot of stuff. So you can get by with not having really clear, well, with not having up-to-date ones, but with larger organizations, there are many, many more people. And if something breaks or if someone is gone, then you need to make sure that it's up-to-date because people can leave in like two weeks or, or a week. Yeah. And there's typically not a lot of cross-pollination of information in larger organizations. You would think so, but there isn't. <laughs> People are yeah. more it can be very decentralized. Somebody is just doing their job and if they left, no one would know. So my husband's in the military. I used to be a government employee and we had what we called, you're going to love this, continuity binders. And mm -hmm. we would have these inspections and that was part of our job is to have that continuity binder updated whenever we had an inspection. And you think about it, like the military, they're like moving and revolving every year, two years. And so it was really critical that every single person is replaceable. But I have to tell you, did we ever open that sucker? <laughs> no, it became like a, a top-down only thing. It wasn't necessarily like a practical tool. So I'm like kind of chuckling at that now because I remember being like 20 something being like, what, why are we doing this? It was like very important you did it a certain way. But in online business, like for me, the first SOPs I wrote, because so much of it I was doing myself, but like when it came to a launch, okay, I'm only launching once or twice a year. I couldn't remember what was that code for the redirect that I have to put in Kajabi and which part of the liquid code does it go in? You know what I mean? And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, so by the time it takes me to like Google it and remember it, you know, so like taking the time to like write it down and then now my teammate can do it or mm -hmm. step in and do it for me. And so that's when my aha moment was, cause I didn't like come from this, you know, background <laughs> where you have all these beautiful systems and workflows, but like I saw the need and it really helps with efficiency for sure on the team. Okay, let's just take a moment here. It's impossible to get referrals without putting yourself out there all the time. It's really difficult to have a community when you're doing the work by yourself. It's also hard to stay up to date when you're just one person and digital marketing trends, platforms, technology, and strategies change all of the time. And it's no fun having to do lead generation for your business when you'd rather be doing billable hours. So I have a solution for you. Come join my digital marketing work group. It's a tight community of freelancers, 
virtual assistants, digital marketing specialists, who are all up-leveling in their skills, getting advanced trainings, applying for my job ops, and becoming digital marketing specialists and managers and strategists. This is an online referral community for both skilled and -and up-and-coming digital marketing service pros and virtual assistants. We've shared over 800 jobs with our community. We'd love to have you too. If you need client work, if you need a squad behind you, if you need help raising your prices, promoting yourself to the next level, this is the place to be. You can apply for the work group with the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you. Back to the show. You make a very valid point. It helps, but you have to do it. I can't stress this enough because so many people in all levels of business, I mean, we're talking from the heaviest of an IBM, and you're talking about the military, to say something as nimble as a solopreneur who's like one person and like, you know, like maybe three contractors. And in every organization, you create this document, you want people to read it. And so the key to people reading it in smaller organizations to keep it light and keep it up to date and referenceable like people need to know where it is very very easily otherwise they're going to be bugging the owner to ask them what the redirect like (laughs) like this doesn't work (laughs) what did you do the last time and he's like but i put it in the sop (laughs) yeah yeah oh my god that's like a whole nother topic i i don't need to go there but you're like that is written down and documented like please read it first I love what you're teaching here. I love the idea of keeping it light and easy. That seems very doable. So what would you say to the business owner who is hesitant to hire because they Mm -hmm. don't have the most perfect SOPs right now? Because I I run across that all the time. Yeah, I do too. And I tell people, for me, the way that I see systems is that they are the rituals of your business that you are already doing successfully that you probably either take for granted Or you know that you're doing it successfully, but it's not in a form that somebody else can do it for you. And so you want to go ahead if you're, it's chicken or egg, right? If you hire someone, then they start asking you questions. And as they're asking you questions, they can write it down in their SOP. So I work with a client who's doing things that way. She worked with me in a VIP day. We went through her top level system. So everything, I guess, for first touch, to delivery again, and so like what her process is, but not the details of each step in the process and what those different SOPs were. And from it, we were able to identify, hey, you need to hire an executive assistant, and these are the things that they need to do. And one of the things that's not in that process flow, that's like in a plus one process, your support, one of the things that they need to do is document as they're doing and as they're learning is to start documenting the SOPs so that it's fresh yeah. and you're not, yeah. And you're not trying to do it from somebody else. So your SOPs, your systems are the rituals that you already do in your business. So this is why I work with people who are at six figures and above. They, they already sell successfully. They already market successfully. They already deliver successfully. They know how to do those things. And so it's just a matter of getting it out of them and onto paper. Oh my gosh, I love that. So I have to tell you a story. I was on a big team and we brought in, finally we hired an OBM and I knew I wasn't the person for that job. I was the creative director and she was so mean about it, like getting everyone's SOPs and it came across like she just wanted to know everything we did. 
uh, so they mm-hmm. can fire us. <laughs> like, have you, have you come across that? Or do you have any advice if you're hired into that position, like how to do it in a way that is a little bit nicer or more like rapport or team building? Yeah, I actually experienced this recently with someone because I was brought in to look at the systems and review them. And everyone thought that I was the per- like, they like straightened up because, <laughs> because it's like, oh, who is this person that's reviewing everything that we're doing? And yeah. I've also experienced this, you know, I was a consultant for much of my career. Okay. And always when consultants walk in the room, people in the organizations are very, very afraid of what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's usually because there's change. So while I can't guarantee that, you know, it doesn't mean that your job is not going to go away. <laughs> it's really a matter of owner, team, consultant, right? Coming in to say, hey, this is going to be a very objective exercise. It's meant to make things run smoother, help the business flow. And I'm going to be very, very objective about it. That's why it's, it feels a little bit cold because we're very concerned about the steps and we're not concerned about the stories around it and so you say that up front it's like hey i'm very concerned about the steps and not the stories it doesn't mean that i think that your work is invaluable this is a matter of us kind of bringing out what happens in the business so that if you go for two weeks and you want to take a vacation someone else can continue to keep things moving If we decide, hey, you're great in that assistant role, but would you like to do social media instead? You can leave the assistant role and become a social media person because we have SOPs for the assistant and they will know what they need to do. So it's things like the SOP person is there really to make sure that if you leave, whether it's for a two-week vacation or whether it's for a new role in the company or whether you decide to go start your own business or do something different that we have something written that can help the person that comes after you to continue to work. Also, I think that what what is helpful is if you're walking into a client situation as a consultant, always, always share. And if there's a team there, always share that you're there for what comes across as cold is you're there as an objective person to look at things from the outside. This is why companies bring in consultants Mm -hmm. because when you're in the middle of things, you tend not to see things, but consultants, we haven't seen it before. And we ask questions like we're a two year old. And so, (laughs) and it's helpful, helpful. (laughs) right? It jogs your memory. It's like, oh, I didn't realize that I did it that way. So when we come in, it's good to explain to the team that, you know, we're going to be very objective you are going to be very, very objective. And that may come across as cold, but you're still a person and you're, you're, you know, you're still personable. We could chat on that thing. But when I'm talking about this, I would like to objectively see what happens, what comes out. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I mean, you hit it on the nail on the head there. It's like so much of that comes down to like the people's resistance to change and like, what is that organizational culture? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, and you gave some good tips there. I do have A follow-up question here, but okay, it gets a little dicey when you're hired as a contractor and you're Mm -hmm. kind of applying your specialty skill to something, right? Like, Mm -hmm. okay, let me give you an example. Uh, And I'm just stirring the pot here because I like this conversation, but 
I have taught myself SEO. I have a way I do SEO. And now my client wants me to document that for her team. Like, is that okay? Like, this is my like work experience and everything in my head that I've invested in and, you know, put time and energy toward learning. And like, do I give it away? Or like, what do I do in that situation? Or do I just like skim over that and be like, optimize? <laughs> Step two, optimize. Like, how do you handle that? Yeah, again, it's levels of detail, right? So a client that I was working with, she has a social media team that's separate from it's not in house. There is kind of like, a we want the touch points between us and the social media team. We're not concerned about what happens in this, like how they chop the liver. <laughs> okay. That's a good yeah. advantage right there. So when you're writing SOPs, and there are contractors involved, and they're doing their thing, that's what you're wanting to see is what are the touch points? What is this person going to need as an input? And what do they have as an output for them? So let's say um, one of the things I'll use my client's example. One of the things on her social media team, they cover her Instagram, her YouTube, her Facebook, like they do everything. But mostly they're tasked with increasing her Instagram followers. And so they require content from us. We need to validate that the content is posted. They require approvals for captions from us. So that loop of how do we approve, like where do we go to look, that loop of us giving them content and making sure that they have it, those are the things that we document in our SOPs. How they post, what tools they use, all of that stuff, that would be their SOPs for you know, how they do business. Okay, that makes total sense. Because as a contractor, you're, you are hired for an outcome, right? They can't control how you do things and you're not an employee, right? So that was the clarity I needed. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it depends on the nature of the contractor. Some contractors like admin assistants in particular do things the way the client wants them to do things, True. right? Those are documented because it's the client's way. It's not your way of yeah. doing it, right? But like I told you with the social media team, it's different because we give them stuff, they give us stuff, but we don't know how they do the in, in between. Yeah. <laughs> and so for our SOPs, it's like, what do we need to get? How do we manage that process incoming? How do we manage the process outgoing? We're not concerned with in between. So it just, it depends on the type of contractor that you have working with you. Yeah, okay, that's really good. Ashley was over there saying that she's frustrated that her client won't give her an SOP. And from what I've gathered in our conversation and you kind of saying like, it's okay to start and create that. Cause we talked about the chicken and the egg thing. Like you can be a standout unicorn and go ahead and start that. And some clients, like it's hard to get it out of them. Like you just have to be the leader and like, go for it and just do it and help them get going. So don't be afraid to do that, Ashley. Most definitely. That shows initiative. It shows that you're willing to do something. And then it gives you something to talk about if, in case you want to raise your rates, you know, in case yeah. if you want to change things later down the road, you can say, hey, I took the initiative on this. Be clear in what you're taking on that's above and beyond. Because those are the types of things that make you valuable to your clients. And those are the types of things that can give you that rate increase. If you're not very clear about it, or if your client might not know what, why they need SOPs at all, or they might be like, this is not important to my business. I would say people that are like half a million and below, 
They don't want to hear about SOPs because they're busy trying to make money. So what's important to them is how can you help them make more money? But once they're past that point and they're kind of like, okay, I mean, all entrepreneurs want to make money, but right. at some point it becomes like, oh, we cannot continue to be just me doing things. And yeah. when they hit that point, it's kind of like, oh, here, I've been creating these SOPs all along. We can now kind of delegate it to these different people because you have it. That's at the point where it's going to become important to them to have it. Oh my gosh, When they I'm want so to start glad. multiplying themselves. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because it becomes that factor. And like you said, hiring or getting those tasks off your plate, you don't want to do anymore. And as you up level, and so I'm glad you said that. And it is easy to be focused on money making. And SOP mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily do that <laughs> and immediately. So... Oh my gosh, this is right. so awesome. And Ashley was saying, it's hard to make an SOP without the information. Yeah, sometimes the client's just the bottleneck. I would ask, you know, if the task is being done and you know it's being done, what can you document that you're observing that's being done as opposed to trying to talk to the person and have them sit down and have this conversation with you? Because we don't work like that somebody working on a, an SOP, it's kind of like they come in and they kind of want to record things that people do. But what you want to do is do Loom videos as they are doing it so that you can then record from the Loom video wow. or you want to be present as they're doing, like they share their screen as they're doing it and then you can write it down. That's the way to get the information. You're not going to get the information by asking for it. Like okay. no entrepreneur has a time to sit down and narrate. <laughs> SOPs for you, <laughs> you know, that is just, it's not going to happen that way. It's going to happen when they're doing it and you can capture it while they're doing it. Yeah. And that's why Loom is like one of the best tools. I just did one this morning. I was showing my team how I updated this random template in Elementor that we couldn't find and I found it and I just recorded it real quick to show everybody. I'll make it more official later, but like Loom just makes it so easy, like in that moment. Otherwise yeah. I'm like going to do it and it never gets done. So, right. Oh my gosh. This was so helpful. I love it so much. So where can people hang out with you? Where can we refer clients to you? If they need a little bit of your, like your boss help there, where can we find you? Um, you can find me on my website, sagesimplesolutions.com. It's probably the place that would be most up to date. If you have someone that needs a, these management services in their business, like they're looking for an integrator, an OBM, DOO. I take just like maybe two to four clients at a time for that. So it's not a lot. So they can book a call for that there. If you have a client that doesn't know what their systems are, you find that, you know, like their backend is completely like strung together with tape and glue, or they're not really clear on how to communicate the systems to you, then that's a good person for me somewhere between like 250k and their first million would be a good person for me they have contractors but they're the bottleneck in their business like you were saying and they're not knowing how to communicate what it is that they want done so i work with those folks in vip days okay awesome well i'm so glad to have you in my network i'm so glad we met at that podcast mixer and i had you here on the show if you're listening to this or catching the replay, go download the SOP template. 
get in her world and definitely take the reins when it comes to helping your clients with this. And like, you don't have to do this. You can come here and hire somebody to come set it up because you can't do everything guys. Right. We talk about this all the time. Sometimes bringing the pros in to help your clients is what's needed. So, and you can learn a lot that way too. So thank you so much. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Emily. It's been such a pleasure and such a joy. Always, always. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. We had really good participation over on the Facebook group. So I encourage you to come back and join us. Be more of a conversation that way and you can ask questions. I think that's so fun when you are involved and you can build your network that way. All right. Don't forget to download Annika's SOP template. It's very similar to mine. I kind of like hers better. I also include on mine the time required to complete some of those tasks, especially when it's like posting a podcast to a blog, just so people can understand this shouldn't be a two-hour thing. Like, what can I expect the first time I'm doing it? So I also include that, but her SOP is really good. She did show it here on the podcast, but I think she explained it enough where you get what's going on, but download it so you know what she's talking about and it will all make sense and you will look like a rock star with your clients when you start taking ownership of the SOPs and helping your clients get organized. Now, here's the thing. If you're doing it in-house, like Annika said, you can start to offer the same service as a session or VIP day to outside clients. I know sometimes we get maxed out on our retainer clients. This might be a service for you to do. I have quite a few unicorns inside my Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School who have found that they have a knack for SOPs and systems and project management, and they absolutely have done this and been successful. You are needed. Remember, you organized analytical people, you are outnumbered one to four by the creatives. The creatives, the business owners, they need you. Never ever underestimate your skill and your value when it comes to helping businesses get organized. Next week on the show, it's going to be really good. We are talking to a copywriter and diving into email marketing, one of my favorite topics, one of my favorite tasks to do. While you're here, go download my top 10 most requested digital marketing tasks that's down in the show notes, and you'll be prepared for next week. All right, I'll see you then. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. And apparently his sunburn hurts. Uh, his sunburn hurts. I'm like, yeah, you're a redhead. You can't do that. Why am I so itchy? Oh, because I put makeup on. Stupid makeup.